Hello, darkness. Uh, hello, dread. My one of my oldest friends. Indeed. No, I'm not. Sure. I'm not that old. No. Although my birthday is next week. And nor have I known you that long. No. Uh, no, actually, right. much shorter than people uh, would realize. I remember the first time I saw you. Uh, you came out to one of uh, Metro's softer workouts. You had a fanny pack on. Yep. Full yep. of band aids and despair. Yeah. I said you won't need that here, son. And I said. But I feel safer with it. Funny thing, I say that a guy did show up uh, to Hotbox the other day, Tuesday, short card, uh-huh. which is not where you want to show up for the first time as an FNG, I don't think. It's not advised. Uh, it's not advised. Uh, he was brought there by F3's Geppetto, who I call Petto. I met with Geppetto this past week, and uh, he told me about his- yeah. uh, Oh, he did? Okay. He said he brought a guy, and I said, you brought an FNG? And he's like, oh, this guy's jacked. He's, he's fine. He is jacked, and he's yeah. young. Uh, yeah. But Still not a place you want to show up. Petto, was like, well, he goes, it sounds too close to pedo. <laughs> anyway right so anyway this guy shows up and short cards a gear workout you know so it's, a, it's yeah. a sheets ready workout right so you're carrying heavy things carrying heavy over things distance. which you have to bring for yourself and yeah. he this kid gets out of the vehicle all he has is a cell phone yeah oh and he walks over and he was like about a minute or two late so uh-huh. he's like off to a bad start right so he was walking over and i said hey what's your hospital name he goes i don't have one <laughs> and i said all right no name <laughs> And Geppetto, Petto leans over. He's like, "Put your phone in your car. Yeah, you're not going to need that. You're not going to need your phone. Out yeah, here, stop man. doing that." Anyway, guy turns out to be pretty, pretty stout. It turns yeah. out he ran that half marathon with F3's Tool Time, where Tool Time broke an hour and thirty. Oh wow! So he's a, okay. I think they're coworkers, and I said, uh, "Yeah, so he's a fit dude." In the COT, I was like, "Oh, so uh, you chased uh, Tool Time uh, through that half?" And he's like, "No, nah, Tool Time chased me, man." <laughs> But he did fine. I mean, he did fine. Yeah. Young's like mid twenties down here from uh, Buffalo, like the rest of Buffalo. Okay. Yeah, right. Nobody can stay there. What'd, uh, you, what'd you name him? So I named we. This was not. I'm getting overruled a lot lately, but uh, I'm fine with that. You know, set three. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, I shouldn't get overruled. It's just uh, the people speak. I just want to go straight with no name. Right. It's easier. Your name is no name. Yeah. You know, makes sense. I, I liked it because he said it. And he goes right. And I, and he said, well, I didn't understand what you were asking me. I was like, fine. still doesn't matter. You're going to wear it. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, I think the Charlotte, Charlotte's Metro, uh, Charlotte Metro's Nantan, what did I think said, well, he is the, he's like Prince because he has no name. The artist. Oh, that's right. Yeah, formerly yeah. known as Prince. Yeah. Just a symbol. So I Prince. Said, Let's call him symbol. And he's like, no, we'll, no, call, him, we'll call him Prince. No, call him Prince. I was like, Prince is kind of, it's like right on the edge of too nice. It's too good. Yeah. See, as soon as you went to No Name, I went to uh, the song by America. Sure. You know. Horse with No Horse Name. Horse with No Name. I thought about America. Right. Well, but I'm I, not going to name a guy America. No, you name him like American Horse. Oh, okay. You know, uh, your name is American Horse. Oh, okay. Yeah, something yeah, like okay. that. But. but it harkens back to a couple weeks ago. I did get overruled uh, on Butt Fumble. What <laughs> and uh, the funniest thing about that? I think we were going to talk about this once. I don't care. I'm going to say it again. So the guy's last name is Sanchez. Right, Mark Sanchez right. for the Jets fumbles the ball after he ran into a, a f- offensive lineman's butt. But <laughs> dude's name is Sanchez, classic name. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Come and on. Uh, we name him uh, Code Red because of 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 a uh, few good men. But what's even dumber than that is that it's the guy's name is not Sanchez. It's Santiago. It's Santiago. Okay, we just had this. So we had uh, lunch yesterday just, at the Nantan. Oh, because checkpoint, checkpoint was there. Yeah. And so the whole thing is just screwed up. <laughs> like you have ruined everything. But uh, if you're going to make a pop culture reference, at least make it correctly. So I put that out on the Twitterverse when it happened and got like, of course, there's seven 
butt fumbles in care in, in Carpex alone. Well, of course, because they have all those Yankees. Yeah. Uh, there's there, but there's butt fumbles all over F three Nation. It's a great name. It's a good name. Yeah, maybe we got too many butt fumbles. I don't it's know. Possible. Possible. I like, See, yeah. I think I think guys shouldn't necessarily get upset about it. They should have like a butt fumble reunion. Like all of them should come. Like, I, hey, I'm butt fumble. Yeah, I don't fumble. know, but that tweet you know had like a thousand likes, man. Like, <laughs> Inordinate. But fumble. There's all sorts of responses to that. Uh, I love you know? it. I am always amazed at what guys do and don't get worked up about on the Twitter box. Yes. And nobody was like, they were just interested. No, no, just, yeah, you know, just, what, just will, what will get them moving? What will get yeah. them engaged? What right. will get them going? I don't know. It's weird. Right. But you know what gets me engaged? That beautiful bean footage? Indeed. Let's roll it. And, and we're, we're back. back. <laughs> we're putting the band back together. What would you say you do here? We're on a mission from God. Who is the minivan centurion? He's not simply a husband, father, and a good neighbor, although he is all of those things. He's also the coarse twine that holds the fabric of our community together, fighting to keep us united in the face of those who would split us apart. Most importantly, the minivan centurion is the special trustee of the legacy of liberty, which has been passed through generations of tired and bloody hands from the original men who first founded and then fought to build this nation. The Minivan Centurion is you. He's me. He's every man who lives third, holds the middle, and seeks to stay in the fight. So here we are. So uh, it is a Friday, a little earlier than we usually do this. It is. Because I had my monthly uh, lunch and learn with the nation's uh, Nantan. Lunch and learn. F3 Slaughter at uh-huh. Noble Smoke here, which is very close to where we sit right now. It is. And it is one of, I must say, one of the finest barbecue establishments in Charlotte. Wrong. Okay. It's the. Oh. <laughs> well, you know about my, my, my heart will always be in Midwood Smokehouse. But. Uh, that is corporate. Corporate it has three restaurants. It's it's corporate. It's corporate. Oh, okay. I mean, the funny part about it is Nobles probably got fifteen restaurants. I know, right? <laughs> but they're not all named that. So <laughs> they're not all named that. Yeah. Although he does have two Noble Smokes now. Where's the other one? I think it's up in uh, um, what's that? It's uh, what's it called? Like Harmony Hall or something that that's up in like Noda. Huh. Okay. Yeah, north North of town. I think. All right. right. A little, well, so, a little, you know, uh, you get spot. out of your vehicle. And you can just smell. Oh, it's so good. Have you ever have you ever been back in the in the room where they cook the meat? No. They've got all these those cookers back there, and they got all that wood lined up. And I mean, it's just so they're just smoking it. I uh, I've, I've become a brisket man. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hit the brisket today. Oh, it's so good. It's very good. Yeah, it's really really good. Anyway, I was over here anyway, uh, so we decided to uh, do this a little earlier. Usually, it's about fifteen hundred right now. It's like uh, thirteen, fifteen. Yeah, I knew that clock. 1308. That clock went dead. Yeah. So, anywho, uh, that doesn't, that's of no account, but I just uh, want. It's a point of interest. It is a point of interest. It's a it's, point of interest. This is Easter weekend. Today's Good Friday. Yes. I'm excited for uh, for Sunday. Good. We don't do anything particularly, right. you know, outside kind of the normal stuff. Does but. the FCAM have a sunrise service? No. You know, something, that's something we've never done. Uh, and I don't think it's by any kind of dictator edict yeah. of any kind. It's just sort of a. Oh, we just never did that. Okay. And so I, th- I actually, uh, you know, hearing those guys talk on Thursday about it, I thought, maybe, maybe I should just come up to and go to Waypoint Sunrise. I would love to see it. I'll be there, 0700. Yeah. 
yeah. Queens College yep. uh, at uh, Waypoint Community Church here in the heart of Charlotte, in the, in the Peacock Wedge. In the Peacock Wedge. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Making disciples of all nations. And if you can make disciples of the, the rich, uh, privileged <laughs> team in the Peacock Wedge no. of Charlotte, North Carolina... And you're you doing pretty good. You're doing pretty good. You're doing man. pretty good. Now, of course, Cotswold lines just outside that that wedge at the farming the, the village. farming village yeah. of Cotswold. Of course, is just outside. That just wedge. outside that, where I am actually from. So, yeah. I, yeah. I got a pilgrimage over right. to just uh, a little bit over to the uh, to the Queens College. Yeah, I didn't want anyone to think that you lived in the Peacock Wedge because that would just uh, it's just not true. Country, country lawyers not welcome there. Yeah. So the uh, this week's. A chapter of the minivan centurion is, might be the most important is that a, is that so might be it's called the splitter mm-hmm. uh, and the splitter is that entity which would divide us so it's a a description of essentially the devil yeah in my I had a little whetstone this morning with a guy and I said you know if you were to we're actually making fun of Garrett in a way uh, the guy <laughs> who owns this facility or yeah. this millennial space facility the hoogie because Garrett's got stuff written all over the walls that it essentially is all Christian or at least, you know. Yeah, they come from those ideals for right, sure. That's right. right? It was like, wrote it on the wall as if Oprah said it. Right. Be grateful. Be grateful. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. You know where that comes yeah. from, right? Right. <laughs> anyway, it's like reinventing the wheel. Yeah. You know, yeah. the hard way. <laughs> that's right. So I said, you know, it's kind of funny as you could put together if you said, if you just wanted to dispense with theology so that you didn't trigger the millennials, you could just simply say, to a degree that there's a goodness, a force of goodness yeah. out there. Yeah. Call them the FOG, right? A force of goodness. Force of goodness. Right. The, the great uh, unknowable fog. Right. So the unknowable fog, the force of goodness, to the degree there is one, his main effort is spends most of his time trying to do is group us together. Right. He's trying to put us together, right, right in various Get ways. Get us in community. Whether it's marriage or family or right. neighborhood yep. or community, put us together have us put aside our, our differences, which are the result of, of sin, put us aside those differences, and in the name of being together, right? So right. I can have stuff, right? So, you could say, force a, force force a, a FOG, this is what that Great fog. Is. That's right. Yeah. Oh, great fog. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Because I'm watching Tokyo Vice, that's there why. There you go. It's, it All right, happens. so uh, on the other side would uh, be the force of bad, the FOB. Yeah. And the force of bad is spending all of his time trying to split apart what God has put together. The fog. The fog, sorry. Yeah, fo- FOB is trying to put, yeah. t- t- you know, so Garrett would say. Fob it. V fog. Yeah. Yeah. It's trying to take apart that which has been placed together. Right. Uh, and that's where we get the idea of the splitter. splitter. The splitter. Yeah. So the splitter seeks to split men off from each other and from their creation. And you know, a lot of times I think when we think about this or when we start talking about the splitter and, and things like that, we we tend to think of it as factionalizing. And that certainly is a part of it where one man is pitted against another over some topic uh, or whatever. But also, I think it's not just that he has two groups that are are in conflict. As long as he can get us alone, split us off from the group in whatever way it might be, that also is, is a different kind of win. Sure. Absolutely, because I mean, it, where you, where where you will be overcome by your the darkness in your heart, um, the sin pattern, you know that that's in lives of us all to different degrees and different respects. Where you'll be mm-hmm. overcome is is by yourself. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult to to overcome uh, men who are in, in uh, fellowship together, which is reflected in our 
the scripture we use for the shield lock mm-hmm. in the Q source, um, which is Ecclesiastic 4.12, though one may be put overpowered to can defend themselves, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. You know, one can be overpowered by the right. splitter. Right. I mean, if you are by yourself, lone wolf in it. It's a hard. It's a hard uh, slog. Now, two two men can kind of stand back to back and and maybe right. defend themselves. But you still don't have a three sixty. Right. Something about that third man, mm-hmm. right? Like a piece of twine. Yeah. Uh, that that creates strength, and it's um, it's it's not easily broken, right? Yeah. So the implication is that two men together is more easily, but easier to split two men. Harder sure. harder to split three. Sure. And I think the evidence. For the difficulty of putting this together, because you're because you're really working against the, the splitter, the FOB, is how difficult it is for men to to form shield locks. Yeah. So uh, you've always said that's the the most difficult relationship to maintain. Create and to create maintain. and maintain. Yeah. Okay. I think it's more difficult to create than it is maintain. Mm. You know. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I just yeah. because I think once guys get it there, they appreciate it so much that they're, you know, that they, they, they value it a lot. You know, that's fair because I think and I say create I think a lot of guys don't mind getting together and having a beer And they're calling that a shield lock, but you're just hanging out with your buddies. Yeah, well that's what I, you're doing. I, You know to come together with three like-minded men and mm-hmm. say you're going to commit to meeting periodically and you're gonna do it um, in, in, prox- in, yeah. in person pro- approximate to me. You're gonna be you're gonna be productive, right? You know, you're not going to talk about sports. You're not going to. Well, you might mention sports, but you're not. Sure. You know, you your main reason for being there is to hold each other accountable and to help yeah. each other accelerate. That's a difficult thing to find. Yeah. And it's of course it's like gold. I mean, it, it's as it, it says, or yeah, it's like gold or fine jewels. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's rare. It's precious. It's rare and therefore precious. It's precious, and yeah. it's the very thing that drives the splitter nuts. Yeah, it's hates the, it. It's the very thing he would he his his efforts are to keep that from happening. Yeah, because it, you know four men in in a shield lock are are extremely safe from him. Yeah, yeah, and and it's funny because and and I know that you had this experience as well, and and not that this is a Q source podcast, it's not, but since we're on the topic, right? Um, I mean, that's to me, that's the beauty of it is we always and you've talked about this before, but now I've experienced it, right? Where you know, we've got, uh, you know, we've got people where life happens. So a guy drops out for a minute, you know, uh, because of whatever work or, you know, so he can't make it a couple weeks in a row. There's vacation then there's this, there's whatever, you know, whatever it might be. Right. And, uh, and then pretty soon you're like, if he doesn't come back quick right. and strong, you know, and you're like, you've been, uh, you've been sleeping in a lot lately. Yeah. You know, what, yeah. Why don't you tell me what's going on there? You know, that kind of thing. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to admit to yourself. Like, oh, well, but I was overwhelmed by circumstance. Mm, no, you're just being a wimp. You know, you're just, right. you're just looking and thinking of yourself. The uh, inclination to allow a group, uh, particularly a value, to be overcome by the splitter is tremendous. And it requires leadership. So a lot of guys that I'll talk to about their shield lock, if it's wavering, you know, these are my blades. And uh, I was like, what's going on this show? Like, well, it just doesn't seem like we are meeting regularly. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem like we're, I'm like, well, I say, who is it that is leading this group? Well, I didn't thought we didn't have to have a leader. I said, no, you got to have a leader. I mean, it doesn't doesn't matter. The most you don't have el- to elect right? him. But <laughs> you know, the <laughs> most elemental team there is is the marriage. And then that marriage has to have a leader. Yeah. Has to have a leader. And, and that's, I contend, is the, is the husband's job. 
right to be that leader and an, unle- an unled uh, group is really nothing more than a club at best right even a club has to have a leader yeah somebody's got to be pushing the agenda that's right somebody's got to be constantly vigilant of, of working toward whatever the goal is now where that dovetails into the minivan centurion is that that's what the minivan centurion's job is mm-hmm. right to a great extent he's got to be what we call a, a warrior of the united mm. you know it's got to be his vision that he's going to fight right fight for the the existential continuity of the group because if 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 a group doesn't have anyone fighting for it the splitter is going to win well in the absence of a leader, the splitter has no problem jumping in and leading. Yeah, well, ha- yeah. Happy to do so. And it's skilled. So, right. Skilled at it. Right. Happy to do so. Been around plenty long enough right. to have learned. And that's why the warrior of the United has to be an Andist. Because yeah. he, he has to see the value of the group outweighs any individual person's demand to be right, including his own. Right. So that's why he's constantly about the business of reinforcing what the, the group, why the group stays together. It's ligaments. Yeah. Which, you know, as we've pointed out before, ligaments bears the same root of religion. That's what religion is. It's this thing that binds us together. Right? Without you take those bindings away and uh, there's no real reason. We say, well, the ligaments are, you know, they're restrictive. I'm like, yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't they, like they, to be they bound. Keep you from falling all over the place. Like, yeah. Just like they are in your body. So, keep you your mean, kneecap from popping off. Yeah. <laughs> you can use uh, a ligament or, or a bind, a binding mm-hmm. um, to keep your skis to the bottom of your feet, for instance. Sure. Uh, you could also use it to tie someone down, which would be a negative right. you know, use of it, possibly. But the negative thing about the, t- the, t- the fact that a, a, a rope can be used to, or twine can be used to bind someone and restrict them just because it could be used in that fashion doesn't mean it still isn't valuable to be used in the other way, right. which is to bind men together. It's a bad carpenter. That's right. It's a bad carpenter. <laughs> exactly right. So uh, any group that lacks these warriors of the United is in danger of being overcome by the splitter. Because the splitter, you know, at its heart, Dark is a is a disuniter. Yeah. You know, he always has been. And a house divided against itself uh, simply... It ain't gonna stand. Cannot stand, man. We stand together, and we're able to uh, we're able to resist them. Uh, isolated, man. We're just low hanging fruit. Yeah, and and you see it in in guys' lives, and it's funny because you know we think to ourselves, oh, guys are out and they're doing stuff and they're with us and whatever, but it's more than just even the physical proximity. Sometimes, like you've got to be vigilant as the centurion. You've got to be vigilantly watching all the guys in your care or all the guys that you're proximate to. And, and looking at him and telling like, wait a minute, I know he's here physically, but emotionally, he's he's hiding somewhere. He's off in the dark someplace. Right, right. Yeah. A lot of uh, particularly political leaders recognizing uh, that people know in their hearts that this is true will portray themselves as uniters. You sure. That, right. You know, we're uniters and, you know, we're going to bring this country together and bring it together. And, you know, or it could be this town or whatever. Right. Um. But that's not really the job, in my mind, the primary job of a political leader. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fine for them to say it. As I think we talked about last week, um, more, a couple of the expressions that drive me crazy when a politicians use it, one of them is, you know, oh, yeah, I, got, I got your back. I got your back, which yeah. makes no sense. The other one is uh, that we talked about, one of the others we talked about is we're all in this together. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, that's not so. You know, generally, yeah. no, but that's not. really not the job of the political leader to do that. You know, his job is to to 
create policy, right? Well, to stay in power in a democracy, he has to have more than 50% of the vote, right? Fair, but that's right. not his job. Staying in power is not his right. job. Well, to do his job, he has to be in power. Okay, fair. Right? I mean, this is fair. just the no, way no, our, yeah, yeah. You know, there's other ways to do it, but this is the way yeah. our system is designed. So the the primary role of the politician is to is to govern using the power that he has to gain that power mm-hmm. and to maintain it. He's got to cobble together a majority. Well, the implication being there is a minority that is not in this together. Right. <laughs> right? That's right? right. So we're not all in this together. Yeah, we're not all in this together. <laughs> by by definition, we're not, yeah. you, you know, in the in every legislature that's built this way, you have a majority in power, the minority mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. not in power, right? Uh, the English, I think, call it the loyal opposition. Okay. And yeah. uh, I think we should adopt the same kind of that viewpoint. That makes sense. That's right. And it doesn't mean that uh, it doesn't mean that the minority party or the loyal opposition wants the country to come apart. What it means is it's holding the majority accountable yeah, yeah. for the uh, protection of the rights of the minority. Mm-hmm. Because although we are a democracy, we rule by majority, we do it with due regard for the rights of the individual. Those are the fundamental rights that are you know, set forth in the Constitution and Declaration of Independence. It, it, you don't, because you win an election, doesn't mean that you can then violate the rights of those who opposed you <laughs> or shouldn't. You know, something that does, we call You're that not a, supposed to do that. Not supposed it to. may happen. That's what, a, that's what a banana republic does, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, but but that doesn't mean that a politician uh, is, is, is being accurate or truthful when he says, well, I just want to unite everyone. That's not possible. Right. That. So what should be his goal? To have unity in the essentials. You know that that should be his goal. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with the a politician from another party, the guy or a guy I didn't vote for, sure. saying I am now going to pursue the policy goals that I ran upon, and I'm going to do that uh, within the structures of the of the Constitution or the state, whatever. Right. I'm going to do that with due regard for individual liberty. I mean, I don't have a problem with that. Sure. Okay. And it, and it, you know if if uh, a man wins. Uh, as the governor of North Carolina, I did not vote for him, and he right. pursues policy objectives with which I disagree. Sure, which is why I don't did not vote for him. Right, and he does so um, as 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 required by the Constitution of the state of North Carolina. I may not like the outcome, but I'm f- absolutely fine with the process. Yeah, and that's kind of the whole goal of a democracy is that there is an outcome that people that which people who disagree do not. They still accept. It's like yeah. you design a system that, in its fundamental fairness, does not induce the loser to rebel and fail to accept the outcome, because he knows, despite the fact that he's his his faction is out of power for a period, that it's not forever. There'll be another election, and until there is, there's only so far the pow- party in power can go. Yeah, and he's the party in power is restricted by the 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 rules, right? The mm-hmm. manner in which mm-hmm. laws are made, you know. Yeah. And when that's defeated, of course, you get disunity. Sure, and and you get the kind of disunity that that the splitter is fomenting. So we get it kind of in two ends, right? Yeah. Politician says, "Well, we're all in this together." Lie, right? Right? <laughs> right. You know, I want to be the part. I want to be about unity. 
not true because you can't win an election that way, right? Sure. Uh, it's not not true. Uh, and uh, you know, I want uh, you know, I'm going to. If he says this, I'm going to govern uh, with due regard for the rights of minority. I'm like, hope that's true. Sure. They don't don't usually right. say the third thing. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if I've ever heard anyone that's say right. it that way. Right. That's right. Yeah. Generally, what a politician is is a demonize, demonize right the opposition. Yeah, that's what I was just going to ask. It's like, so we've come to this point now, and, and it's funny because, you know, again, not an F3 podcast, but we're F3 guys, and so that's what we talk about. But, uh, you know, we've got a number of guys in our, uh, you know, amongst our men, right, in F3, who are running for political office uh, of some kind of various various levels, right? So city council or county commission or, or house representatives, whatever it might be. Sure, noted that. And, uh, and so, you know, they're about to throw themselves into the fray in a in a meaningful way uh and i commend them uh i don't actually know i think i know probably i could probably guess their political persuasion or whatever it might be but i don't really know i haven't really talked to them uh you know specific platform kinds of things and some of them are local guys so it doesn't really it doesn't matter to me what you know (laughs) i I can actually vote for none of them they're none of them are running in south carolina where i live um uh, so you've, you've got, uh, you got these guys doing this. So how do they get in there? How do you stay out of the machine? I mean, how do you not succumb to the, yeah, to get f- run over by the fact that this is the way it is. You have to, it's not, as we always say, right. It's not enough to, to like the Panthers. You have to hate the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, you, right. you can't, right. you, you right. can't just like vote for somebody. You have to hate everybody else. I think, uh, leadership is possible in, in all things. Sure. Uh, you can be a um, a military leader when you know, that's your job. Right? Sure, sure. Um, you could be a principal of a high school and be a leader. You could be a guy managing the night shift at the In and Out, uh, right? You know, in Bakersfield right. and be yeah. a leader. Uh, I mean, and and all the all the the skills in those various uh, pursuits are the same. Right. It's the and state of what you're seeking sure. that's different and also the venue in which you're providing leadership. So I believe that there could be a political leader, like a leader, you know, leader. With yeah, that is a politician. Capital L, yeah. L leader. Right. You know, you right. influence movement to advantage. That's possible, right? Mm-hmm. I just think it would take a tremendous amount of skill and discipline. And I don't think there's any less or more leaders in uh, political positions than there are at the at, at In-N-Out Burger. That's probably true. I mean, we, just, we just see them. Right. We I, hear about them. I think a place where there are probably more leaders is the military since they teach it. Yeah. Uh, and it, accentuate it. Yeah. And uh, evaluate for and, it. Well, and reward you for it. And it's a culture of leadership. Right. So, yeah. And it if you were to act in the military in the way that most political leaders act, you would be shunned. Right. You wouldn't be effective. People or would, you'd be discharged. You'd be discharged. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we... I'm not surprised that our political, our governance it has no has about the same number of leaders as you know Amtrak or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, the I mean, local McDonald's. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's like we used to talk about with uh, incentivizing, right? Right. I mean, you can incentivize positively with carrots sure. or negatively with sticks. With sticks, right. and you're going to get dynamically more of whatever you do, yeah, right? Whichever way you pick to do it, right? Yeah, yeah, right. more or less, D- yeah. more, dynamically more or less yeah. than than you you try to get. You yeah. know, or as you thought you'd yeah. get. Right? Well, it's 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 because you're uh, you're kind of you're setting the momentum in one direction, and the momentum will take care. Like it will it will continue. <laughs> like, that's so right. So you you don't have to incentivize every time, right? You, but uh, depending on how you do it, you're and that's what I think some guys you know don't get. Like especially, I see it in in uh, in parenting. 
you know, um, where the, the, the desire to have something immediate take place supersedes the vision for what are the second and third order, you know, what are the ripples that are going to come from this action? And they don't think about that. And then pretty soon it's, you know, well, you set the momentum, you dynamically rewarded, you know, one way or the other, positively or negatively. Right. And now you're going to get it and it's going to be later and you're going to get it and you're right. going to get a lot of it. Right. And you can't figure out why. Uh, I, obviously, that's just yeah. the way it is. I mean, yeah. if you study the pre-Civil War era, uh, you know, three or four presidents leading up to Lincoln were just complete hacks, you know, uh. and uh, factionalists and mm-hmm. uh, the politics of the time were um, horrible. The you know the ethics were and they're still shooting ro- rock right? bottom. That you know that the um, the um, way politics was conducted was filthy, dirty business. Mm-hmm. And it, so in all that, it's exactly the same way it's not. <laughs> right. I mean, it's ex- oh, it was really bad back then. Still <laughs> yeah, the same. Right. It's exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly the same way it is now. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah. you know, you have just and and because that's the nature of that business. Hmm. So if you go into that uh, business, you know the accumulation of accumulation of power and the dispensation of that power uh, is your job as a politician, mm-hmm. and hopefully you're going to do it in a virtuous manner, but. By its nature, you're going to have to be making compromises. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you get into office and you immediately come, you know, I'm right down the middle, Mr. Fairness. You ain't going to be in office very long. No, yeah. Because the people who didn't vote for you ain't going to trust you anyway, and the people that did vote for you are going to abandon you. So instead of saying, uh, I want to bring the people together, or I want to bring unity here, the... I mean, essentially, I, I think what we're saying is that it's not a matter of bringing the people together. You could do, like, give away free... Uh, candy and you can bring people together but this is it's what we want you unified around not just that you're you know we we can make everybody hate everybody else and they can be unified right so sure Uh, and that's the way a lot of people do it yes a lot of politicians do it so i'm I'm going to use common hatred yeah this guy does this he's terrible this woman does that she's the worst She's a witch. She's a <laughs> sure. <laughs> Whatever. Well, I think the first thing you have to bear in mind is, you know, with a few exceptions and or nuances, you basically have to win fifty one percent of the vote, right? Or fifty point zero one or whatever, right? Yeah. You have to just, you know, right, right. You have to win a majority, a majority, simple majority, yeah. simple majority. I mean, and, and that's why uh, there was a guy, that three guy here in Charlotte, was running for office, and I was, I was just encouraging to be candidate fifty one, and like just get fifty one percent. Oh yeah, yeah. And I thought he was trying to appeal across the aisle to people with policies uh, or pronouncements that, while well-meaning, and I understood them, I said they're not going to vote for you. Yeah, they don't. That's not how it works. Yeah, I said you know you're you're you be, what you're doing is you're you're by going for that percentage of the vote that maybe they would go with you. You are uh, abandoning the base the, to the yeah, sense the fifty behind you. Yeah. That the, the people that are like you, they're not excited, right? Right. And right. You need that exuberance to get people to because you got to emerge from your house, right? Take your slippers off for ten minutes and go down to the polling station and, and pull a lever, <laughs> and make right? some vague effort. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So that that I mean to do that, you you have to be candidate fifty one. Yeah. So what do I do about the rest the forty nine percent? I said you 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 protect their individual liberty. Yeah. Or you persuade some of them after you're in office that what you're doing is in their best interest, I guess. 
but that's why you know political leadership to me is super challenging yeah you know i mean and i and and it's why it's it's so rare that somebody pops on the screen like a blank and you're like well that guy was actually leader george right. washington right <laughs> And you know, it, it, in uh, in those two cases, it was because there was a horrifying crisis, and I think that allowed for the gap to to allow a leader to emerge. Sure, like if we don't have gigantic, I mean, truly tearing our country apart. I mean, everyone says that right now. They're like the country's being torn apart. I'm like eh. more than a civil war. Right? Yeah. Right. Well, we ain't murdering each other. Right. You know, you know in masses. La- last time I checked, you know, one state isn't seizing federal property. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. uh, not that I'm aware of. Right. Not that we had, I mean, we had a couple it, moments up in what was it, Wyoming or Oregon or someplace where those, uh, uh, those Oregon, guys were, I think they were, they were burning federal right, courthouses, but this, <laughs> that's they different. weren't trying to seize them. No, that's fair. Fair. You know, we didn't have. We don't have a uh, a Democratic senator. Beating a Republican senator almost to death right. with a cane right. on the Senate floor—that actually happened, like in 1858. Right. I mean, that 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 you know. So, so maybe it's a little more civil. So it's a little, a little less divided. Uh, but it is funny how you can safely, uh, and and should be no doubt if anybody follows me on social media because I used a picture of Abe Lincoln or stylized right. Right. images of Abe Lincoln as my as my avatar as a yeah. reminder to try to be like him. Uh, that I considered him to be the epitome of the American centurion, minivan centurion. Yeah. Although he would have been in horse-drawn carriage, I guess. Uh, so anyway, I uh, you can almost without criticism, except on the very extremes. Sure. Cite Abe, uh, Abe Lincoln. Yeah. Always cite Abe Lincoln reliably as somebody like I think President Lincoln would yeah. do. And very few people. Very few are people. Gonna, where you could say, um, I hate that guy. That's right. In in two thousand and twenty-two. Yeah. yeah. In 1922, I'm not sure the wounds had healed enough for you to be able to do that. Oh, yeah. And I'll tell you what, in the midst of the Civil War and its immediate aftermath, you know, oh, what, this is what Abe Lincoln would have done. Well, that, that, you, know, you made the point before, like, oh, he was so well-loved that someone shot him in the head. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, that's exactly right. But it, And then like, he had to figure out, well, which one was that? If you're trying to be influential uh, by, uh, in, either positively or negatively, like influence people away from right. something or towards something, you know, you have to pick a fictional character or someone long enough ago in history that uh, people that 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 people don't feel obligated to defend him. Right. You know that that's the thing. Is like now, if you want to say, well, look, the current president is looks bewildered and incapable of stringing two sentences together, which I think is sadly but demonstrably true. You know. People are going to defend that, sure, and say, "Well, that's not fair." He was tired. I was like, "Yeah, uh, really." I mean, no, I think twenty years from now we'll be laughing at the guy, right? You know, and and this, you could flip it around and say, you know, I think the previous president, right, was, I was just going to say a, like, a petty, mean spirited, horrifying small man, yeah. and like, and then the other half is going to say, like, that, "How dare you?" Uh, you know, he had to do that to get everyone's attention. I hear that a lot. I mean, yeah, he, he interesting. Had to, he okay, had, he had he had, he had to. to, yeah, to okay, get, yeah, he had to speak that way. Yeah, so. But twenty years from now or thirty years from now, right? You know, people, totally different people who are defending their guy so adamantly will uh, be willing to, to in retrospect, say, "Well, yeah, I wish he hadn't done that." Or, or you're right, this guy looked like he was in steep cognitive decline. Right. Decline. Right. <laughs> but that's twenty years down the road, because that's when the splitter does not care anymore. Uh, right. Oh. What is this? What is the splitter care? He's about the, Ted Kennedy, or, right. right, or Ronald Reagan, right? It's over. It's over. People don't 
aren't f- they we're not going to fight about right. that 20 years yeah, from now you, so it's right. over no one is willing to fight over the relative virtues of 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 franklin Delano roosevelt <laughs> or harry truman in fact i'm not even sure people can reliably tell you what party those guys are from i was gonna I, say half, half people don't even know harry truman was president right it's like you, yeah. you know you can say well, as a wise man once said and cite you know Genghis khan people are like oh right. oh, Ga- uh, oh yeah. yeah spell it differently g-a-n-g-u-s right oh this guy gangus yeah I, oh gangus oh gus khan yeah oh, gus yeah, khan. Gu- yeah yeah right i, I mean like you it's know, funny you said because like you know i would put these little quotes out and stuff and i'll you know make these little pictures or right. whatever to, you know as part of the social media for uh some of the things i do but and uh Everyone's like most I always have to search and make sure who said it because it sounds great right and then you look and you're like oh they're a horrible person right. oh okay. it's like uh, Himmler said that yeah you know? oh, yeah. oh mm. so I uh, that. yeah I mean yeah. but as time goes by right memories fade or people forget or whatever but it's only in the moment well, so that's why the splitter doesn't care that's a really interesting point and I, I and it's funny because I'm thinking to myself is it is it that he doesn't care is it that we have stopped caring or is it just that knowing that in the immediacy right in the moment it when it's right there you know in, in, in real time as it were the juice is plenty worth the squeeze but 20 years from now he could still get you to fight sure. about it but it would take too much effort right so, sure so right. just let it's it not, let not, it be right. it's not it doesn't wrong. matter because what the splitter is looking for are the Splitter knows, and for anybody who's uh, like put off by this personification of of Satan, right? Th- this is just the way I my worldview. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And you can substitute whatever you want. Sure, you know, uh, like whatever you want, right? Yeah. Um, really, all all I would say is, do you recognize that there's some organized force of evil in the world? I think that. Again, most people could probably right. agree to that. I uh, gave a talk once in a church I used to be at, and. It was about mentorship. They asked me to speak about mentorship, oh, and uh-huh. I said, "Here's one one uh, challenge. I think you're going to find because I'd been doing it for a few, for a while, and mm-hmm. uh, it was before the the idea of the whetstone, but it was like a precursor. But I've been doing it. Put together a mentorship program in this church, right. and right. they asked me to speak about it. I said, uh, "Here's some things you're going to encounter when you do this. Um, you're you're going to particularly if you have any impact at all. Like so, you you're talking to a young guy and." Mm-hmm. He starts to rely on what you say, and he starts to make it improvements in his life, and you're helpful to him. You're gonna you're gonna suddenly start asking yourself. A voice in your head is going to to say, "Who are you? Who mm. do you think you are mm-hmm. to sit with this young guy and uh, express all these high flown virtues or this wisdom?" Yeah, what kind of prideful jerk well, are you? Well, not arrogant. so much that no. as don't you remember what oh, you did? I see, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You know, you're not good enough to you're, be able to. You're, do that. you're, 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 you're a, you're not. There's people who can, but not you. Uh-huh. I said, you know, and and try to dissuade you from continuing on in that vein. And I said to this group of men, this is ten years ago, maybe more. And I said, uh, don't listen to that voice. That's the devil. Uh huh. Because it's his business to destroy the good you're doing. Right. Anyway, I got this email. Afterwards, okay, from a pastor at the church who was there, who was distressed that I had spoken of the devil. You said the D word. I said I not only I said the D word, but I also personified it. Like uh-huh. you know, in my in my understanding of scripture, the devil is a fallen angel. Yes, the devil appears uh, in various forms. One of which would be as a serpent before 
Eve in the garden, right? right? Okay. The original split, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> Another time is in Job when uh, God calls together his angels, including Satan, because Satan is under his yeah, dominion. Yeah, he can't, yeah. And Satan, Everything is. And Satan challenges God and says, you know, behold, I, bet I can get him to break. Yeah, him. behold your servant Job. Give me power over him, and I, and he will he will curse your name. All right, again, he's personified. Right, right. Uh, he, he's personified uh, in Jesus' last days. He's personified right. in Jesus' first days. At the outset of Jesus' ministry, uh-huh. Jesus goes out in the wilderness for 40 days right. where he's tempted by the devil in various ways. Put on top of a mountain. That's right. Put on here, That's whatever. Right. Yeah. So, in, you know, in my, you know, country lawyer, unsophisticated brain, mm-hmm. I'm citing the devil as a being, an entity, a fallen angel, right. only that's, because I read it in the Bible. Yeah. Right. Only because I read it in the Bible. But they didn't like that. Uh, well, there's one particular this pastor did. Yeah. And uh, he's very upset. And uh, I'd actually kind of mentored this guy a little bit, too. He's younger, dude. Uh-huh. And uh, I was a little bit uh, put off by it. And I went and I told my uh, guy who was mentoring me at the time, and I was uh-huh. like, "Man, guys, this guy, believe this guy. I mean, I was like, he's a pastor, he's a pro, and I'm just, a, you know, and uh, and I was like, I just, it just made me mad." And uh, my mentor looked at me and said, "Mad enough to do what the devil wants you to do?" Ouch! I said, "What do you mean?" He goes, "The very thing you're talking about just happened in reverse." Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're, you know, you like, got up there to do this. Like, oh, like you, like, you know, you counseled against being succumbing to the devil's uh, instigations right. Right. To, to abandon good to, works, to yeah. be a splitter, right? To, to, to cease this relationship with a younger man because you're questioning yourself, right? And then now someone, a younger guy, regarding, you know, put aside the fact that he's a pastor, a younger guy quest, questions your questioning of it. Right. And you're willing to then go ahead and do the very thing the questioner, the accuser, would have to. <laughs> it's like, don't can't you see? It was just that's yeah. how that's how yeah. easy it was to get you to succumb. That's how powerful the splitter is. Yeah, and how devious he is. You know, he picked the exact way to prick, prick your pride and get at you. Yeah, right. To, yeah, to cause you to like it doesn't it doesn't matter. He doesn't care which end of the stick doesn't, he's playing on. Doesn't, doesn't care. Matter. As long as you're split, doesn't care. Yeah. Um, like when I'm in a mediation as a lawyer and the, my, my client might say, well, I think the mediator needs to understand this. So I want, you know, he, he's just, I was like, the only thing his job is to do is to bring you together. Right. To find resolution, to end this dispute. He doesn't, doesn't care who's right. No dog in the fight. That's right. And it's the exact inverse with the splitter. He doesn't care how he drives you apart. Yeah. His only job is to see the dispute continue. Right. Doesn't matter who continues it. Doesn't matter how. Right. That's why Jesus was the ultimate mediator between us and God. God, you know, because he never succumbed to never succumbed to sin. Like he is, he is our advocate to speak on our behalf in opposition to the splitter. The splitter is a liar. Yeah. Prince of liars and always has been and always will be. But Jesus was born and crucified and raised again to destroy his works. Yeah. And. That's all we have to remember when we feel the splitter lapping at our heels and nipping at our heels yeah. and trying to in, get us to engage in this splitterific behavior, which is why we focus on being an andist, mm-hmm. no matter what names we're being called. It's why we focus on being a, 
a good driver, no matter how many times we're cut off and some guy flips us the bird, yeah. right? That's why we're good carpenters and we don't complain about the way social media is being used. We just, that's the tool that's been presented to us. So right? we'll do our best to use it well. That's what the warriors of the United would do. Yeah. You know, I look at our wonderful organization of F3, and we've been around for 11 or so-ish years now. Mm-hmm. Splitters notices that. Oh, yeah. And has worked to, you know. And does every day. Right. Yeah. You know, we were, Darkest and I were talking uh, before we uh, turned on the mics here, and uh, we were talking about Twitter. Uh-huh. I said that you know I've never blocked anybody, right? And I've never unfollowed anybody because they made me mad. I'll unfollow people because they're not tweeting anymore. Yeah, or they're just not interesting anymore. Yeah, right? well, yeah. yeah, it's not tweeting. Yeah, uh, but I've never unfollowed. So I've never blocked anybody and followed things for what they've said. I said, but I have muted them. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the mute button. And uh, yeah. and Darkest asked me why, and I said, I said, uh, it's not so much I what I that I don't want to hear what they have to say, uh-huh. as the things they are saying are inciting me to respond in a way I, for which I do not want to bear responsibility. Yeah, and uh, that's the power of social media. Be a little careful, right? Right. So well, I, you know, when I'm in the courtroom, I'm highly disciplined, or I try to be, but I'm not going to respond to provocation. Uh, and say something um, that harms my client's interest because, I mean, that would be right. tremendous yeah, be abandonment of my fiduciary duty to my client right. to let my own pride get the best of me and then destroy my advocacy for actually making it worse for him. It's kind of like, we, I'm not sure we have this particular oath like doctors have to do no harm. Do no, yeah. yeah. Um, but lawyers, it's it's kind of embedded in our oath. Right. right? That, that, if, that we're supposed to be working to resolve disputes Anything we do out of the flesh that makes the dispute worse or prolongs right. it. Kind of against what you're supposed to be doing. Kind of against it. Yeah. You know, it is like, as, I'm, I'm, as I often am, and I'm in it right now, in a case where I do not like the tactics of the other lawyer, I, it's aggravated me to some degree, and um, his tactics have that effect on my client. My client wants to capitulate. Mm. And of course, I want to say to my client, no, let's fight it out to the bitter end. Yeah. For me, not right. for you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you see that I right. want to do this? I, mean, I literally just had it the other day, and they, my, my client's like, okay, I'm just going to agree to that. I, I said, okay, I want you to understand. You know, I told him the right. whole in and out. Right. And, he, and he said to me, he was like, I hope you're not disappointed in me. It's like, and I said, that that is not a fact. A, I'm not. Yeah. A, I'm not. And B, that is not a factor. Yeah. My job is to resolve the dispute, to help you resolve the dispute, because you know, yeah. I can't. Right. My, right. my job is I'm the facilitator of a process set up in an imperfect world to resolve disputes and seek substantial justice as best you can among fallen fallen man. I mean, that's the best way I can probably right. put it, right? Right. So, you know, my, you know, I when I try a case, a lawsuit on behalf of a client, the ultimate, uh, ultimately, whether whether or not I win or lose, mm-hmm. you know, the jury returns a verdict for my client or not is not really the point. And it's a very it, that's a very difficult thing to to because you think to yourself, but you gotta win. Well, as competitive as a person I am, anyway. Yeah. And the amount of effort you put into one of these things, and the pain, the physical pain you feel uh, when the, when yeah yeah th- there's you know, and I older lawyer told me he said it's hard to understand why it hurts so much to lose, and it feels so good to win when it's not your money. <laughs> <laughs> is something that a litigator has to has to uh-huh. come to grips with, right? Yeah, yeah. But when you when when you have an adverse outcome in a case, jury verdict or, or ruling or whatever, mm-hmm. 
it hurts like almost physically. Wow. Yeah. And w- and w- and then when you have a the, a positive one, it's euphoric in almost in a narcotic way. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then the, yeah. And then the, and the after effect of both. Let's say you have a week long trial. You don't sleep much, and you're working a week long trial. For a few days after that, you don't sleep well, and in your dreams, you're dreaming of the case. It's so embedded that's in how your, much it, it that's how like, wow. and, it, and if you yeah. don't feel that way, you don't care enough to be doing this job or you you're in the wrong job, yeah, but that doesn't mean that when the case ends you know like when it when a jury returns a verdict mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's you have to if you want to assess what you did, look in the mirror and say, "Did I try this case as well as any lawyer could have under the circumstances, regardless of what the jury did that's that's the question that's, you ask that's, yourself. yeah. You know, somebody asked me, "Oh, what's your record?" I don't know what my record is. I've never kept that. It, yeah, it's ninety-seven and five, by the way. No, I, I, no, I really never have. I never have. No, I, I never have. I, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, I never have. And uh, because every single one is its own. You can lose a trial. Right. You could have done everything your best. Everything your best, and and lose. And still lose. And then the after effect, like what that means, not only for your own client, and then what it means for our society in general mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's really that's that's really the question right so um i, I just give a practical and i think yeah, i've so talked I, about it before but I, I don't mind i hope if you're listening to you don't mind listening to it again um when i became a christian at age 43 or so and mm-hmm. i was already been trying cases for 10 years um if i lost i generally would gather my stuff nod curtly to the other lawyer and, and leave mm-hmm. and if I want I'd throw my hands up in the air not in front of the jury but right you now yeah, yeah, celebrate yeah. right whatever so, you know, say, hey, see you buddy next time whatever yeah um, and in my uh, growing faith as I was becoming Christian understanding mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. I was trying happened to be trying a case and I knew that um, it was wrong for me to throw to, to my reaction should be exactly the same Win or lose. lose. Uh, okay. I'm not saying inside. No, no. I get what you're saying. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Outside. Visibly, they sh- it should not right. be obvious. Yeah. Right. Okay. Fair. So I uh, had a hard fought case trial, on, not, not in this county, in a case where I thought the other attorney uh, resorted to a lot of really, you know, hacky tricks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, mm-hmm. didn't like what he did. Uh, felt like the judge was unfair to me because I wasn't from there. F- unfair to my client. And uh, didn't like his client at all. Mm. And uh, jury came back, just pounded us mm. hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, my co-counsel was a younger lawyer at the time. He, he's like cursing under his breath. He's like, "Let's get out, let's get our stuff and get back to the show." It's like, and I, I did at that moment was one of the hardest things I had done as a as an adult, certainly as a as a tenderfooted Christian. As I stood up, I walked the three feet across to the other table, and these guys look up at me, other lawyer, and and. I, I could see in their eyes they thought mm-hmm. I was going to say something like I'll you know I don't care how what it takes I'm going to get uh, I'm going to give away I'm yeah. going to give away my time to see this reverse and, uh, and I just looked uh, the other one in the hand I stuck out my hand I said congratulations mm. and uh, said to the other 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 party I was like congratulations sir your, your lawyer did a fine job for you and I went back and sat down at my table and the young lawyer I was with was like you nuts! <laughs> why would you? You do lost that? your mind. Why would you do that? Yeah. Why would you do that? Why? Why would you do that? Why and, would you do that? Uh, I did it because I felt that that's what 
it's the opposite of what the splitter would have me to do. I couldn't yeah. have, I could not have articulated at that point. Right. But, but I said, but in your heart, you knew. I, in my heart, I knew that justice requires it. Mm-hmm. Maybe not man's justice, maybe man's justice, I don't know. But the broader, right? Right. The broader right. picture, what the uniter would have us do. Yeah. Was even in that moment. And um, so that was very difficult <laughs> yeah. to do, right? Since then, you know, of course, when you do something very difficult and then you know it's right. the right thing. It Time two, it's it easier and like, easier. Like you go to that first yeah. workout, it's horrible, yeah. by the, yeah. you know, right? Um, and I did it again eight or nine years later, of course, in a moment where it was far easier to do. Mm-hmm. Very contested case. I got along fine with the other lawyer. It, but his, his, his client was very personally affronted about being sued by my client, was very mm-hmm. angry. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, his father was very angry. I would see this guy around town and you'd be glaring at me. You know, really? they're just yeah. super angry about it. You know, his father had said to me at one point, he wasn't even a party. Uh, but we haven't belonged to the same club. And he says to me, um, we'll never pay a dollar. Nobody will pay a dollar. You're going to get your, you know, you'll find out or something like that. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I just held up my hand. I said, I understand you're upset. I said, but you know, my right. client has rights too. whatever. Anyway, did my usual thing. Jury came back, just smoked us. Ugh. Uh huh. I got up, went across, shook the old lawyer's hands. I always do. He said, "Congratulations, good job." And I shook the, his client's hand and said, uh, "Congratulations, lawyer did a, a great job for you." Uh huh. Um, and we walked out of the courtroom. Of course, by now, I my practice was different. Right. The men right. who work with me are different kinds of men. Sure. Um, my associate at the time, we walked out, got in the car, and I was like, "Man, I can't believe it. That was harsh. Man, that was tough." Um, and, and and said something like he admired the way I would do it. I said, you know, we got to do that. And uh, explained him why. Right, right. Told him the whole story. Yeah, because we're good drivers. We're good drivers. Did, you know, this is before the good driver concept. Right, right. No, no, just, yeah. So, uh, you know, about a week and a half later, I'm talking to that other lawyer on the phone about post-trial stuff or something, mm-hmm. winding the case up. And uh, he says, you know, you coming over to me like that, the way you did that, I'd, I'd never seen anybody do that before because that's the last thing i thought i'd ever see a lawyer do yeah and um i said i told him a very brief truncated how i'd gotten to do that Mm -hmm. and i said it not only do i feel like i'm explaining to him not only does it do i feel like it's the right thing to do also for me all those negative feelings i have about losing they go away much faster right for for some reason (laughs) you know for some reason you know i mean it just i don't i don't bear that pain as long so I said, there's self-serving reasons for um, why I do it. Mm-hmm. And the last thing he said to me was, and he's actually this guy. I'm 58. He's probably 65. So, but okay. a, but a youngish 65. Yeah. You know? He said, well, um, that really made me rethink some things in my life. How about that? And I I've never spoken to the guy except professor. Uh, right. I, he wasn't it hasn't a, come up again. He wasn't a friend of mine. You know. Right. Uh, it wasn't an enemy. He was just you know right. a colleague. Yeah. He's another yeah. lawyer. Another lawyer. Yeah. But uh, I just thought, what, the, what a wild thing that was. Yeah. You know, I mean, that that's how maybe, that's that's the point of God uniting us, right? Yeah. Like, even in your moments of tremendous division, and it's hard to, to even describe, if you've never been through it, how divisive, in the sense oh, of I a trial. Yeah, right? I can I mean, only imagine. Right. And then it's, and the process is very emotional at the after, after Afterwards, the jury is very emotional. Sure, it's just wild, and uh, 
that this is how God has chosen to use this particular process mm-hmm. as a form of uniting us. And, and, and maybe on a much larger scale, and obviously much more horrific scare, mm-hmm. scale, the Civil War I mean, ultimately yeah. united us. You know, um, and and that's that 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 is how we as Americans are fighting against the splitter, and and we many Van Centurions, whether we be soldiers or lawyers or politicians or uh, managers at the In and Out, right? W- everywhere we go, we do that, and I know darkest. Yes, when I'm in the the presence of a mini Van Centurion, a uniter. I know when I'm in the presence of a man who loves and protects his family, right? You know, a man who is about the business of being an asset, not a liability. Mm -hmm. A man who's bound and determined to hold the middle of this great nation. I know when I'm in the presence of that guy. Whether or not he can articulate any of those things and hasn't hasn't had the great benefit of reading all my jottings. (laughs) (laughs) We're working on it. That's right. The (laughs) blessings of being around me. Yeah. I I know it because I can feel it. Yeah. And I also know the inverse. A guy who's, who's... succumbing to the temptation of the splitter i can feel it i can see it in his eyes yeah yeah and uh to be a good driver to be a guy that tries to encourage that guy to the uniter side you know to to not let the splitter overcome him that's a big part of our that's a big part of our job too yeah 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 and i think i've heard you say this if not i'm going to tribute to you anyway because it's a good thing sounds great it's the difference between getting up in the morning and saying this is what i have to do and this is what i get to do uh I think I've heard you say that. Yeah, I'm, take, I'm pretty sure I stole it from from Maxims, but yeah, okay, but I'll, yeah, well, they, they, they get but that. I'll take it. So yeah. each and every day, dark, uh, we minivan centurions, right? Yeah, we warriors of the night. We don't have to. No, do this. We we get to. get to do it. Yeah, it's an honor in our lives. So I got three questions for you. Hit me first. Will you love and protect your family? You darn right I will. I knew you would. Will you be an asset to the community? In every way I possibly can. Will you put on your 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 uh, cargo shorts, <laughs> jump in your minivan, my Crocs, your money, your minivan that smells of chicken finger and love? Yes. Will you do that? And will you will you protect the nation, the middle of this great nation of ours? I absolutely will. And I'll do it with yeah. you, brother. Let's Sounds lock shields. Sounds good. All right. You know what? Yeah. Despite all that, my love for you, you still got a face for radio. <sighs> I don't know how many times I have to tell you this. It's a freaking podcast. It is. It is. You've been listening to the Minivan Centurion. If you liked it, share it, rate it, and review it. Then join us every week while we talk about what it's going to take to fulfill our duty as men and leaders. You were made for these times. The road will be rough, but you're up to the task. You don't fight alone. You fight alongside Centurions. Centurions.